Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Football Social Daily. The Premier League podcast. It's FA Cup weekend, but that doesn't mean an absence of the action when it comes to the top flight. The top two, Arsenal and Manchester City, yet to face each other in the Premier League this season, will lock horns in a cup tie set to entertain and intrigue. Just how much will we learn tonight about what might be in store in the weeks and months ahead when it comes to the top flight title race? Well, it's impossible sometimes to predict the future in football, but one thing we do know is that Everton is a mess. But there might be one man who can set things right. Step forward, the Ginger Mourinho. For the first time since 6th of July 2012, Sean Dyche is set to manage a football team that isn't Burnley as he prepares to make Goodison Park his new home. And Gareth Southgate has been speaking to the media this week. Just how close was the England boss to walking away from the Three Lions job after another failed World Cup campaign? This is Friday's FSD, your rapid roundup with the latest news and opinions on Premier League affairs. My name's Niall and joining us on Football Social Daily today, Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. Happy Friday, boys. Good morning. Very good morning, because remember at the start of the season when I said I would put my life on Sean Dyche being in a managerial job by the end of the season. Uh, it's took longer than expected. I was getting a bit nervous. Um, but yeah, it's going to happen. So, And I'm going to make 25 quid off it because I've seen it coming. Yes. Well, to be fair, I'm the one that edits this podcast the majority of the time. And I remember you saying plenty of occasions that Sean Dyche is the right man for Everton. But I'm not going to go back and clip up all the times you said that because I'm absolutely not going to give you any more credit than you're already claiming. I'm almost so. sick of talking about Everton, to be honest. But yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's nearly at an end, I think. Well, we can talk about Everton a bit more. I don't know if there's any Forest Green Rovers fans listening, but Big Dunk Ferguson <laughs> has taken the step into League One to keep Forest Green in the third division and uh, try his hand at some vegan food, which apparently he's never tasted vegan food before. And he's uh, gone and joined Forest Green, which is, if anyone doesn't know, 
a vegan club. They only eat vegan food. It's all about being sustainable and being good for the environment. So I wonder how Big Dunk will get on in there. There's an Everton link. Uh, what about you, Joel? You got any big plans this weekend, mate? Uh, actually, yeah, I'm meeting a friend that I've not seen in a few years and I think it's just going to be a Manchester City Centre job. Probably end up bumping into you there, likely. <laughs> <laughs> See you on Saturday night then, Joel. Uh, Joel's still buzzing from <laughs> yesterday where we had a nice chat with Manchester United legend and two-time Champions League winner Wesley Brown. Wes was in the studio with us and we'll be releasing an episode of our interview with Wes in a couple of weeks' time. So if you enjoyed the Brian McClare episode, make sure you hit subscribe and that way you won't miss the Wes Brown episode, which will drop in a couple of weeks. Next Wednesday, Matt Jarvis, a former Wolves and West Ham winger. So every Wednesday here on Football Social Daily, moving forward, you'll be hearing from former Premier League personalities. So make sure, as I say, you hit subscribe. And that way you will not miss an episode again. Now, as it's Friday, I know everyone's busy and keen to get down the pub. So we're going to rapidly round things up when it comes to the Premier League over the next 25 minutes or so. And we're going to do things a little differently today, lads. I hope that's all right with you. We're going to give ourselves three topics and we're going to give ourselves strictly five minutes on each topic. No messing about. We need to get stuck in and straight to the point. I'll be timing it, keeping an eye on whether you tick over that five minute mark. So let's get stuck into it. And the first topic we're going to discuss of today's trio is to do with this weekend's FA Cup action and indeed tonight's game between the two Premier League frontrunners as Arsenal and Manchester City lock horns in the FA Cup. The first meeting of the season between these two sides. Just how important is it, even though it's in the cup. Joel, we'll come to you first. Away you go. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a massive game psychologically for both of them because as we know it's the first of the three encounters considering the first one in the Premier League got postponed. And it's just the fact that I want to know exactly what kind of lineups they want to do because I do feel like both of them have all their eggs in the Premier League basket in terms of I feel like if they could allow the FA Cup to be gone the Premier League will be the one that they want to get over each other. And I just think it's a great chance for both of them to just get a small psychological blow in this one because, like I mentioned, they've been talked about together all season and yet they've not even had a chance to face off with each other. So no one has a reference of how they're actually going to do. But if you look in the past, Guardiola and Arteta, they've faced each other seven times in all competitions since Arteta took over at Arsenal. And it's resulted in six wins for Guardiola and only one for Arteta. And that came in their FA Cup winning season, which was around four years ago. So it's been a long time since Arteta's managed to actually get one over. His, uh, his master, his, his uh, teacher, his whatever you want to call it. And I think it's just, it adds a little bit of bite to their fixtures as well. Because I think, I've, I've always said it, I think Guardiola is going to be going for this campaign more than any other in a long time just because of the simple fact that it is Mikel Arteta. He's the one that stood by him, next to him on the touchline constantly during those Premier League wins in the last three, four, five years. Um, and as well for City, I mean, they've got a really good FA Cup um, a really good FA Cup record where they've finished in the semi-finals of the FA Cup in each of the last four seasons. So the... Tide kind of weighs a little bit more with City on this occasion, but again, it's a different kind of Arsenal they're going to be facing. So I do wonder if they're going to do a more weaker side to try and not test, to not allow them to seek what kind of uh, tactics they're going to play against each other. But to be honest, you have to go for it in these ones. And I don't think either one of them 
are going to want to uh, take first blood to the other team. So I think it's going to be a really interesting one. Pep Guardiola, Marley, said in his press conference that there was only one team Arteta would never celebrate against when he was assistant coach at the Etihad, and that was Arsenal. He said he absolutely loves Arsenal, and obviously he's doing a great job there. What do you make of Joel's point about the tactics and the team selection? Do you think both sides will go full strength, or do you think that they'll hold it back a bit? I think both managers will have spent the whole week thinking about how can I, what can I do to, number one, win the game, and number two, confuse him. Because they know each other inside out. It's like, you know, it's like hiding something from your twin sister or twin brother. You know, they, they know all your hiding places. They know what you do. They know how you think. They've worked together for so long, you know, and, and Arteta has learned off Pep and Pep's probably learned off Arteta as well. That's why he gave him such a ringing endorsement when he went to Arsenal. Um, so they've, <laughs> they've probably stayed up all all night and God knows what Guardiola will have come up with with this, um, with his... Temp, you know his his reputation of uh, of pulling out new formations from somewhere. Maybe he's gonna. I mean, I've I've seen people saying Man City lining up with a a more of a two three five formation in recent weeks with with three centre backs, uh, the full backs playing in defensive midfield, the centre midfielders playing in attacking midfield, and then you know five sort of forwards as as you like. So uh, so I think someone's. Well, I think both teams are going to do something a bit different, but especially Man City. I think Arsenal will be tempted to to keep it the same um, in the four three three with Inketia and Martinelli, and um, possibly Trossard. Maybe might be the only change, but I th- I feel like they'll ride that wave and see like if we're if you know if we've been this good for the first nineteen games, is it good enough to? to go toe-to-toe with Man City because they've tried that in previous years and they've not been as good as they are now and it hasn't worked for them. But I feel like that temptation might be there for Arteta being like, well, we, you know, we're flying at the minute. Confidence is high. I can't really change your win inside. Um, so let's let's have a go at Man City. And if we don't if we don't win, you know, we don't win the FA Cup, it's not the end of the world. We're still top of the league and all that. And we learn to go into the league, the league games, which are the most important ones because that's, you know, six points up for grabs. And I think the lead at the minute is only five points, isn't it? So, you know, those games are going to be huge. Um, but they'll be right in the front of, of both managers' minds because Pep won't want to give anything away. We've seen him do it in the past with um, with cup games before champ or league games before Champions League games. I think I think you remember the, the Chelsea one. They played Chelsea just before the Champions League final and played, played a really strange team and then didn't win. Um, and then ended up going into the final, losing that as well. But that's Pep's mind. Oh, Marley, just in time. I think you beat the buzzer there by about five seconds. So what will happen tonight between Arsenal and Manchester City? We will wait and see. I wonder how seriously both managers will take it in the cup. It was into Fergie time then. That's well annoying, that. If I, if I hear that in my sleep tonight, I'm going to... Well, it's proper off-putting, I know, but we weren't, I don't think, legally allowed to use the countdown clock, which is what I wanted to use, which is unfortunate. But that draws an end to the Manchester City and Arsenal chat. Both sides facing off against each other in the FA Cup tonight. All right, moving on from the FA Cup to affairs at Everton. Marley said that he was sick of talking about Everton, but we have to because yesterday it was reported that Marcelo Bielsa was in London for further talks with the Everton hierarchy over potentially stepping into the vacant managerial hot seat which was left by Frank Lampard after his sacking a few days ago. 
course, Everton in the relegation zone on just 15 points in the Premier League right now. But one man who's got experience of keeping sides up at the bottom end of the league with not particularly a great deal to work with is Sean Dyche, the former Burnley manager. And it looks like, Joel, Sean Dyche is going to be the man to step into the breach at Goodison Park. Mashiri's called on the Ginger Mourinho. And for the first time in 11 years, he's going to manage a club which isn't Burnley. What do you make of this appointment? It's like I said just on the podcast yesterday, I think Everton needed to play it massively easy and super safe because right now, unfortunately for Everton fans, as hard as it is to hear, beggars can't be choosers in this situation and they really need someone who knows the Premier League isn't going to be coming from a foreign league and is trying to experiment. Now's not the time for experimentation. Now's the time to solidify their place in the Premier League because they have obviously the stadium coming up. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with the owner if he ends up selling or not. So it is a smart appointment for once in Everton's reign under Mashiri. It's a smart one. And I think when you look at, for example, how Sean Dyche did under uh, Burnley, you know, in the six years since they were promoted to the Premier League, their net spend was only 60 million. And when you see the likes of, for example, Bournemouth making bids for Zaniolo just recently, and the likes of Nottingham Forest, who just got promoted and they're spending 100 million just when they've come up, then you realise just to the extent of how massive that achievement is. They, they're over, over achieved pretty much. They punch well above the weight. To stay six years in the Premier League with just a 60 million net spend is ridiculous. Considering the owners who didn't really want to put backing onto him, it just shows just how much you can get out of the players. And I think it feels almost like a David Moyes kind of approach, same kind of archetype, which is someone who's going to get the most out of the players that he's got. And he doesn't need a huge amount of budget. Obviously, it will help him that the fact that, you know, Mashiri isn't afraid to put his hands in his pockets and potentially back him. Maybe not considering he's probably going to be selling the club. But I think Everton fans, I know that they're not massively attracted and it doesn't excite them too much, you know, to the likes of getting Carlo Ancelotti. But like I say, this is the reality. The reality is Everton need to start from the ground up again and they need to make themselves a really disgustingly hard team to go and beat, a hard team to play at Goodison Park rather than just an absolute walkover, which is what they've been for the last two years, I would say. So for me, it's a smart, resolute resolute and kind of well-advised and well-judged appointment, I think. Uh, So going forward... Let's see how it does, but I think they'd be in better hands staying in the Premier League with Sean Dyche than they would anyone else at the moment. Well, Joel makes some really good points there, Marley. You've also put some good points on our Twitter feed at FSD Pod as to why you think Sean Dyche is the right man for the job. So why Dyche and not Marcelo Bielsa? Uh, simple. Very simple. Bielsa has never taken a job, a club job, not in the summer. Ever. He might take the West Ham job and you know prove uh, to sort of change that pattern uh, soon, but he's a, he the history says he needs to he needs time he needs preseason he needs to run the players into the ground get them fit and that's that's uh, synonymous with the way he plays football. I think if you remember how Leeds used to play, it was one versus one all over the field. They would stretch the field as high as much as possible. Uh, the wingers and fullbacks would stay really, really wide. Everyone would be surrounded by probably 10 or 15 yards of space and have just them and their opponent in it. Um, and it would be on it would be on your player or Bielsa's player to be fitter and to be better in that tight space um, 
than than their opponents. And it worked at first, and then everyone got used to it and made made adjustments. And Leeds ended up, you know, struggling the next season and and ultimately getting uh, getting rid of Bielsa. But that won't work halfway through a season when confidence is low at Everton, and then you're going to say, right, well, it's up to you to beat your opposite number for ninety minutes of a game, or at least beat them to you know to cause a goal or force a mistake or something like that. It's not something you want in a relegation fight. You can't instill that confidence just off nothing. You've got to win games. You've got to grind out a draw where you faced 35 shots on goal and you know you had two, but you drew 1-1. Like, you need little scrappy, horrible results like that. Um, Deitch is way more uh, inclined to get that out of Everton now because he'll come in and he'll go, right, lads, 4-4-2. I'm going to drill you like hell. Tarkowski already knows the drills. McNeil already knows what's going to go on. Everybody is the sort of a British-Irish core at Everton, which I think will help. Um, I think with uh, with other teams around the Premier League, there's probably a lot of a lot more foreigners, a lot more um, languages. Deitch knows English. He knows four four two. He's going to come in and sort them out. It's He's the only hope, I think. The ginger Mourinho and Marley beats the timer again. You're good at this, Marley. You're good at this, finishing off your I just point. shut up when I get scared of that timer, that's all. <laughs> Don't be scared of the timer, mate. I think you can challenge it on the next one. Sean Dyche, the man for Everton, that has not yet been confirmed at the time of recording today's episode of Football Social Daily, but probably by Monday morning when we next uh, drop a podcast onto your feed, he will be the new Everton boss. All of the news outlets are saying that he will be the next manager at Goodison Park. And boy, do they need a lift. Talking of managers, let's move on from Premier League football into international football now. And of course, with the World Cup before Christmas, we spoke a lot about England and their chances of winning in Qatar. In the end, they were beaten by France, the eventual finalists at the quarter-final stage. And there are a few question marks as to whether Gareth Southgate would continue in his role as England manager. He says in an interview with the BBC and other news outlets over the last 24 hours that he strongly considered announcing that Qatar would be his final tournament. And he says that was to free the narrative up so that the support is behind the team and not debating whether the manager should be there or not. He also went on to say that getting knocked out by France in the quarterfinal was really difficult to take. I'd hope it was as an England fan for the manager of the team. I would have been concerned if he had said that it wasn't difficult to take. Um, But he also revealed then that he was comfortable with the tactics he chose during the loss to France and he had absolutely no regrets. Marley, we'll come to you first on this one. What do you make of what Gareth Southgate has had to say to the media, particularly about he was unsure on whether to stay on or not because he says he doesn't want to be a divisive figure amongst the England fan base because there is a section of supporters, and I think you can't get away from it, that would have rather Gareth Southgate stepped away. I think it's um, it's very in keeping with what we think Southgate is. We think he's, uh, he's, a, <coughs> he's a character that doesn't want to upset the apple cart. You know, he's, he's not a... Uh, a big character. Um, he's and he's, you know, it was pretty obvious he was thinking about his future from the minute the final whistle went against France. You know, there was reports coming out and saying, you know, I think there was even a quote from him that said, I, "I'm not. I need to make sure I've got the energy for this." And if if you're questioning whether you've got the energy publicly, you know, in in secret, you you know, you you've made your mind up. You haven't really got the energy for it. But he's had time to think. He's probably listened to who else is there uh, out there as, as as an obvious candidate to take over the um, the England job. It's 
you know, it's not clear that one. So he's probably thinking, you know what, one more go. I'll give I'll give it one more go in um in twenty twenty four. We'll we'll have a go at the Euros. We got to you know, got to the final last time. Hopefully we can go one step further and, and record some silverware for the first time in fifty, you know, fifty five, sixty years, whatever it's been. So, you know, it's it's fine by me, but it does come across a little bit weak. Um, but does that surprise me about Southgate? Not really, because I don't really think he's is the type of strong character to say, yeah, I was always going to carry on. You know, I was just having a bit of time off. He he sort of gives you things to doubt him about sometimes, and I think this is one of those situations where we all knew he was he was fifty fifty on the job probably, um, and he's gone he's gone the way of keeping it and fine. You know, it's all down to you know Euro qualification next and the Nations League and what have you and you know, the proof will be in the results sort of thing. So let's, uh, let's crack on. Just 18 months between the World Cup in Qatar, Joel, and the Euros in 2024 in the summer. As Marley says, still yet to secure qualification for that. But under Southgate, England haven't really had a problem in qualifying for tournaments. Do you think that with that in mind, that in the next year or so, those kind of concerns over Southgate will die down? Or do you think they'll still be there until the next tournament? I mean, you can only go off your last tournament, can you? When you look at the 2018 one and the 20. 21 euros they're long in the past now it's a different crop of players different systems different results and i think the qatar one was just really disappointing because it just felt like the the momentum that had been carried through from 2018 and 2020 had just completely evaporated don't get me wrong there were some really strong performances in that world cup from england especially in the group stages like the one against um iran but ultimately, it comes to whether how far you get in the World Cup. And France, I didn't even think they were. I didn't think they were as good as what England made them out to be. To be honest, and but you have to be really relative in terms of. Oh my god, the cat is just doing my head in. Joe's <laughs> being attacked by um, a cat. I just think that <laughs> jumping in front of the screen. Um, oh well, was that? Yeah, but you have to think relatively with this and take perspective, which is that he's only been in the job for five years. It feels like it's been like over a decade in terms of the amount of tournaments and the, the progress that's been made ever since, you know, Roy Hodgson went out to Iceland, which was the one just before him, which kind of I was in Ibiza then, so I don't remember that, sorry. <laughs> oh, he seemed to be away for these tournaments. Um, and when you look at yeah, Joachim Lowe, you know, it took him eight years to win something. And in between not winning anything, he was getting closer and closer, semi-finals, finals, but just never making that final cut. And so I think you have to take perspective. It's the right timing in terms of, like Marley said, there's no viable candidate I can think of in this moment in time. Maybe in 2024, you might have a little better group of English managers who'll be available with more experience. Uh, but right now, you can clearly see the players are comfortable under him. He's comfortable with the players. He has a good journey, which has spanned five years. So obviously, they trust each other. And I think it's important going into tournaments like that. I think it'd be wrong now to try and you know spin the wheel, maybe take some kind of foreign manager who may disrupt that progress. And I just think for all involved, just take perspective, which is that it doesn't happen in a, in under it doesn't happen overnight. Winning international success. I mean, look at Brazil. Last time they won the World Cup was two thousand and two, and that's one of the biggest and most talented football nations in the world. It takes time, um, and you just have to have the right crop come together at the right time with the right balance. And I think. Yeah, for all involved and for Southgate as well, it's just the right call, I think. Just quickly, in five seconds, if Southgate had gone, who would you have wanted instead? 
Mourinho. <laughs> I, I want to spin. I, I want a winner. I want a winner. I think if it's tournament football, he'd be great. Oh, wow, that's a shout. Which one? The ginger Mourinho that's just gone to Everton? Or? <laughs> no comment. I like the viewers decide that one. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. All right. So that's the end of today's episode of Football Social Daily. Um, five minutes for each topic. Three topics. I thought the lads absolutely smashed it there. Obviously, massive game tonight in the FA Cup between Arsenal and Manchester City. More so, really, for the implications that it could have in the Premier League. Tottenham have got a game away at Preston, just one of the teams who are facing championship opposition from the top flight this weekend. Jurgen Klopp's been moaning again, lads, whilst we've been recording the podcast about the fact that Liverpool have to play an FA Cup match on a weekend. He doesn't think it's fair because of Liverpool's schedule that they have to play in the FA Cup on Sunday. Do not understand it. Anyway, if you've got any gripes or complaints or anything you want us to tackle on the show, make sure you send in a message to at FSDpod on Twitter. On a Thursday on the show, we answer all of your questions in a dedicated section called AQA. So send them in to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts and let us know if there is anything you want us to talk about on the podcast. As I mentioned, on Wednesday, we spoke to Brian McClare, former Manchester United striker, about his time at Old Trafford, including some of the stories he told us about Eric Cantona and David Beckham and Sir Alex Ferguson and the like. We'll be hearing from Wes Brown in a couple of weeks but next week we'll be hearing from Matt Jarvis who used to play for Wolves and West Ham United about his life and career in football and he's got some interesting tales to tell as well. But from myself, Joel and Marley, that is it. Have a great weekend whatever you're doing and we'll catch you on Monday here on Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.